This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. How goes the leaf battle in your yard, Jim? Good, good. I got to give a shout out to uh, CLC Tree Service. They came on uh, Friday, cut down uh, a tree that was not doing well on my front yard. Oh, and that's the tree that you thought was a city tree. And then the city people came out and they said, no, that's your problem. And you had to you had to shell out some big coin to get that thing down. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, like a two-month battle to try to figure out whose responsibility it was. But uh, when they came and finally took down the tree, down to the stump, they cleaned up all the sticks and kind of a bunch of... Leaves got cleaned up with it too, so now there's only one tree left, barely any leaves left on it, so I, I cut my leaf raking responsibilities by at least 50%, so I'm pretty happy. The tree that's gone was the major culprit? Oh yeah, big leaves time. leaves in your yard? Big time. That's nice. <sighs> Huge. Remember my old house? Yes. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I had a, about six maple trees down the side of our driveway, uh, which overhung the yard, and I did have a park next door, so I, I would blow the leaves under the fence into the park, <laughs> but then they just blow right back into my yard, and it was just a, a guessing game as to who was going to win the park or me, <laughs> get all those leaves all over the yard. It was a nightmare. When I bought my the house I'm in now, one of the major considerations was how much raking am I going to have to do? <laughs> Pine trees only. Evergreens, all about them. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got one or two trees, and uh, me and me and Grayson were out there raking yesterday. And he, uh, he was like, Daddy, there's so many leaves. I'm like, kid, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing compared to what I used to do. Yeah, yeah. You, it would be a, your old place was a fence where had a fence where like it would pile up almost like snow Mm -hmm. around it. There'd be leaf drifts, you're right. Yeah, yeah, leaf drifts. (laughs) And leaves on the car, so annoying. And they leave marks. Yeah, I'm so glad that I don't have to deal with that anymore. And I do sympathize to anyone because you see the cars driving down the street with the leaves all over them. Yeah. Stuck in that little area between the windshield and the hood. Yeah. I saw one of my neighbors had a kind of a brilliant idea. He took his lawnmower and he had a push mower where, you know, it shoots out the side. He shot it. He he ground up all the leaves with the lawnmower. Then he shot it onto the road, like the street, not that busy of a street, so that all the dust was on the street. And then he just swept it up, scooped it with a shovel and put it into like oh, one okay. bag. So it was all compacted. But he did take care of the leaves. I thought he was just going to leave them on the road. That's what. I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> let the street sweepers deal with yeah, let it. Let the rain take the leaves. <laughs> let the gutters find a home for it. But no, yeah, he into a fine powder, he ground it up and then scooped it all up. And I thought, man, I might do that next time. I used to have like 45 bags of leaves. Yeah. And, and still there'd be more leaves in my yard. I've got two bags that uh, that are sitting in my garage full mm. of leaves right now, and that's it. That's oh, huge. Such a, such a good feeling. We've got someone on the phone. Hey, who's this? My name's Ed. Ed, you got a leaf story for us. Yeah, so we moved in the middle of summer, and we didn't even pay attention to the massive, massive tree that we've got out front, this oak tree. In your and new place. We, in our new place, yeah. We thought nothing <laughs> of it. And so now everyone's kind of laughing at us in the neighborhood. Like, I, luckily, I got a blower and one of those uh, major vacuums, those two-row vacuum things that'll mulch it. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's bags and bags and bags. It doesn't stop. 
Yeah, when you when you went through the first time to to look at the place, you're like, look at that beautiful tree. Exactly. Isn't that nice? And now they blow into everybody's yard, and I feel guilty, but I still don't get it. <laughs> yeah, and you'll if you ever move out of that place, you will consider raking oh, yeah. gonna, when you buy your new house. Yeah, I'm going to do what you did all through evergreen fur and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ed. What is the scariest movie of all time? Some guy did a, uh, a study monitoring heart rates of people watching horror movies. According to him, the scariest movie ever is sinister tied with insidious. Do you agree with that? Hamanshu is on the phone. What do you think, Hamanshu? Scariest movie of all time. It hasn't, Jim. Um, I'm a huge, huge, hard, hardcore, you know, horror movie fan. Same with my brother. We watch all the horror movies. You know, but the favorite one and the most scariest one has to be The Exorcist. You know, nothing can beat the classic. And uh, it came in a time when, you know, horror movies were unheard of. It was probably right after Rosemary's Baby that, you know, the whole demon, devil subject was explored. It is an amazing movie. It still scares everyone to this day. It is the only movie that had a warning associated with it that you know it you know it it's it's viewer discretion is advised and that time people had heart attacks and everything nothing can beat that for do you think they really had heart attacks or was that just a marketing tool no i think they did have heart attacks pretty sure i know that i i almost had a heart attack the first time i saw it i blame city tv for a lot of my childhood trauma <laughs> Late great movies on city TV. We had some good times and we had some not so good times. <laughs> I mean, as a young man with no internet back then, if you wanted to see some nudity, yeah, you'd stay up late and watch uh, late great movies. And sometimes that nudity was an old lady in The Shining. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was I, I flicked on city TV. I see the uh, the bathroom scene in The Shining. I'm like, hello, what do we got here? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> you baited me! But that's where I saw The Exorcist for the first time, and I don't know how old I was, Himanshu, but I was way too young to be watching The Exorcist. Absolutely. And her coming down the stairs, backwards and upside down, that haunted my dreams for a long time afterwards. And you know, the subliminal messages in The Exorcist are excellent. No horror movie has been able to actually replicate it. So far. What do you mean subliminal? Oh, there are some scenes where you see the demon actually flickering. You know, uh, you, it's a it's a blink and you miss kind mm. of scene. Yeah, there's it's really nice. It's very powerful action. What kind of horror movie scares you the most? Is is it the devil stuff? Is it the ghost? For me, it's ghost children. I don't like uh, the slasher stuff. I can kind of tolerate, but it's it's the supernatural gray. Fast moving, they're way at the back of the frame, then all of a sudden their face is right in front of the camera. That's the kind of stuff I can't stand. I cannot stand the supernatural, you know, the the devil, the demon, yeah, like the omen, you know, like like Rosemary's Baby, like yeah, the, even recent times, Conjuring Two has been uh, one of the best ones, right? Um, and even even you know some slasher flick. I mean you know um, some something like a classic, like a Hitchcock classic, like Psycho, has been pretty good. It stands hearing. a test of time for sure. Psycho. Yeah. Psycho's good. That last scene where he comes in the basement with the dress on, 
you know, the movie kind of is slow, but that moment, like, that it builds up to is the creepiest thing I've seen in a while. I watched that movie for the first time last year, and when he comes in the basement with the dress on Mother! and the wig, it's so messed Mother! up. So good. All right, well, thanks for the call, man. Are you going to be watching The Exorcist on Halloween night? Uh, I already did over the weekend. It was coming on. I, I was hooked onto the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you I will not be watching it again. <laughs> Got some text messages here. VHS is the scariest movie of all time. I didn't watch that one, but it's about uh, like they find a bunch of VHS tapes and you watch them and you die sort of deal. Or That sounds like The Ring. Yeah. It's, uh, I remember the movie came out. I haven't seen it, though. Sinister's terrifying, says Alec. Chrissy, Insidious was nuts. I hate scary movies. My husband loves them. He even scares me during the movie when he knows that I'm going to jump. Oh, yeah. I, I hate when people yeah. do that. Come on. Grabbing the arm. Ah! <laughs> um, Janet says, scariest movie I ever saw when a stranger calls with Carol Kane, the babysitter's downstairs, gets a creepy call saying, have you checked on the children? <laughs> and the phone rings again. It's the police saying the call's coming from inside the house. Classic. <laughs> Green Room is a great watch about a touring band of young people. More of a thriller than a horror. I've seen it. Yeah, it's, it is a good movie. Yeah, I'm more scared. You know, you said the ghost ones. I'm more scared of like the psycho person because it's way more realistic that like a person. It could happen. Is just so depraved. Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be a freaky movie for you, certainly, or anything that involves a knife. I don't oh. like when they like stab people. Here's a good one: the scariest horror movie of all time. My wedding video. <laughs> Going through the global news website, saw this story. Six charged following massive fentanyl lab bust in Lumbee, British Columbia. Hmm. I'm always curious to see what these drug labs look like. Is it going to be as slick as Walter White's <laughs> lab underneath the laundromat? I've got a feeling it's more like the mobile RV. Yeah, I'd say I'd say on par, maybe a little worse. Really? Looks like majority of the lab is in a uh, just one of those shipping containers. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that before where they bury them underground. Uh-huh. Well, the movie The Gentleman, they used the shipping containers, right? Yeah, that's right. That was the entrance to the big underground lab, but that was a way slicker drug lab than this one as well. Yeah, a lot of neon lights, <laughs> black lights. Yeah, it looked like garbage from outside, but once you got in there, that that uh, marijuana facility, that old Matthew McConaughey was running, <laughs> was pretty slick. Yeah. No, this looks. Uh, this is just bare bones shed garage stuff here in the middle of the woods or something. They're making fentanyl. Th these people are the worst of the worst. Yeah. Illegally produced fentanyl has been found in an increased number of overdose deaths in BC. It's uh, one reason you should not trust other people to to give you drugs to put in your body when they're mm -hmm. not doctors, right? Absolutely. You don't want to get into that stuff by accident. Yeah, I hope they throw the books at, uh, book at them. You know, when it's a drug bust and you like, if you ever think about doing drugs, look at these pictures and see how many gasoline. Uh, jerry cans are involved. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like diesel to use to like separate whatever chemical, like, and that's what you're putting in your body. Right. Just looking at the, the facility here, this, this British Columbia drug lab, 
uh, I don't think I'd eat uh, pasta boiled in this place, let alone, <laughs> let alone do drugs that came from here. Look at this, like a bunch of um, elements. What are they called? The plug-in elements, you know? Oh, hot the plates. hot plates, yeah. yeah, like in college. A table full of hot plates with disgusting-looking uh, pots on them. You got just hygiene was not a priority at this yeah. drug lab. Clearly, clearly, I think there was social distancing though while they were cooking. Yeah, just they to did be wear safe. they did wear their masks. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you worry about the fentanyl, but guaranteed to be COVID free. <laughs> <laughs> Glad they got him. I I did get around finally on the weekend, Jim, to watching that Breaking Bad movie. Oh yeah, El Camino with uh, Jesse Pinkman, kind of. The epilogue to the the whole story. Mm-hmm. Have Have you watched it yet? Oh yeah, I watched it right when it came out. Boring. Yeah, I mean it was. I I liked it, but it it, it would have been a good episode of Breaking Bad. But to hype it up as like a movie, I think. Yeah, maybe it left me the point. left me wanting more. It like I I love that uh, actor though. What I don't know, Fat Matt Damon, whatever they whatever his real name, I can never remember. But Jesse something no. What is his, What's name? his name? Jesse Plummins. Jesse Plummins. He's yeah. awesome, and he had like a big role in that. But the problem was he gained about 150 pounds since they finished shooting Breaking Bad. <laughs> he did look about 15 years older. So he looked like a completely different person. Yeah, he was but, like a kid in the show. Yeah, he, but he, he is creepy. His character Todd mm-hmm. in Breaking Bad was just unsettling because he looked like such an innocent young kid. But he just did some terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I, kinda, there, I, I like the ending, you know, where it's like a, a cowboy standoff and like the one yes. per, point where he's like with the two undercover cops. And, the climax was good. And I did like the, the shootout scene. Yeah. But there wasn't that much action in the movie. It was a lot of talky-talky. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Somewhat satisfying, though. Yeah. Better than nothing. Hey, like that that drug lab that Jesse Pinkman was kept prisoner in, way slicker than the one I'm looking at here on <laughs> globalnews.ca. Yeah. You know, they had the, they had the welding guy put up that... Uh, that restraint for him so he could cook. Like yeah. that would have been they were sinking some money. They were sinking some money into it. They were investing in the facilities. I I am <laughs> glad when I see the the drug den looking kind of shady. Because if it was like super futuristic, I would be very nervous. Like, oh my God, these guys are way smarter than I give them credit for. This is scary. Yeah. But, you know, these guys are just, you know. But a shipping container in a shed in the middle of the woods in British Columbia. Yeah, that easy make to spot. <laughs> smoke billowing out of the top of it, you know. Oh, congratulations to the RCMP out there. They must be pretty happy that they got all this stuff off the streets. And yesterday, you and I gave our thoughts on the new Borat movie, Jim. Mm-hmm. Were we wrong? Because we both enjoyed it. Right? You, yeah. You liked it. You thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I said it wasn't as good as the first one, though. But you were laughing through the film. Yeah, and I'd say it's worth a watch. Our pal Ronnie, old Ronnie Stanton, posted this on his Facebook. Borat 2 was terrible, no? And look at the responses. Jody says yes. Steve says yep. A couple laughs, but so overrated. The daughter was great, though. Justin says it was all garbage, not funny at all. Just the worst, says Mel. Not that good, says Steve. <laughs> Bob says it was like watching the first one without any laughs. <laughs> Graham says, thank you. I got 10 minutes in and noped out. 
10 minutes? How do you judge a movie 10 minutes in? Max says, was Borat ever funny? Okay, well, that's just Come stupid. Come on, Max. So, there's a lot of people who did not enjoy that film. Yeah, for sure it's not for everybody. And I guess maybe the concept is a little played out, you know, like screwing with people on camera that don't know they're being screwed with. Like there's the TV show Nathan for you, which is, uh, have you ever seen that? Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, punked. Punked. Candid camera, if you want to go back to the OG. Yeah, but it's been I mean, happening forever. I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's the, the same, but you know, it's, it's after, by now it's not unheard of to make Americans look stupid. Well, also YouTube has really, um, has really tainted the pool of hidden camera pranks since the first Borat movie came out. Yeah, because I mean, you never know what's real. Every dummy with a cell phone now can hide a, a camera and, and try to mess with people, right? But YouTube's even worse because you know they're acting. Nothing makes me more angry than when you see something and it pretends to be like a Borat thing where they're screwing with somebody, but the, but they're clearly all acting and, and placed in there. And it's terrible acting. And it's not even funny. Yeah, I th- I thought the movie was hilarious. Really mm. enjoyed it, but it's polarizing. I-, I guess Mama Taz, like my mom, would not enjoy Borat too. So yeah, but she probably wouldn't enjoy MacGruber either. She wouldn't like Borat one. <laughs> she really, I don't know. She wouldn't like Bruno. I don't think. <laughs> Maybe she would. I don't know. <laughs> I should watch. I should hide a camera and watch Borat two with my mom and get her reaction. Oh my. Post it on YouTube. <laughs> Reaction vid. You know who is feeling Borat, finally? The glorious nation of Kazakhstan. They've been feuding for years. Uh, they don't like how their country has been portrayed by Borat in the past. Why not? But they now have used one of his catchphrases in some new tourism ads. Listen to this. Mm, that's actually very nice. Very nice. Ah. That's very nice. Very nice. <laughs> that's right. the new that's the new tagline for Kazakhstan tourism. You got it. You have to embrace it. You have to. It's a good move on their part. Sasha Baron Cohen says, I chose Kazakhstan because it was a place that almost nobody in the U.S. knew anything about, which allowed us to create a wild, comedic, fake world. The real Kazakhstan is a beautiful country with a modern, proud society, the opposite of Borat's version of Kazakhstan. Yeah. There's not just carts on the dirty streets. It's if you look at the video, it does look pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably affordable. Like if we're ever allowed to go on vacation again, <laughs> Kazakhstan may be a place you want to go visit. Yeah. It does look way more modern in this tourism video than you know. Yeah. With the car the carts and the the mules <laughs> and <laughs> people living in cages. Women not driving. That's not that's just Borat. That's not the real Kazakhstan. Apparently the country Indeed, is very nice. Very nice. Talking scary movies. It's Taz and Jim. Hi there. I just called about your Exorcist movie. I wanted to let you know my mom told me when that movie came out, they used to have ambulances lined outside the theater. Come on. <laughs> did they really? Well, I swear to God, she told me that. I saw that when I was a kid. I had a babysitter that watched that, and that movie scared the crap out of me. <laughs> even now, I don't even want to watch that movie. I agree with you. Disgusting, yeah, but for sure they had ambulances out there and everything. I believe it. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. 
Hi, good morning. I was calling about the horror movie, scariest horror movie. What is the scariest movie you've ever seen? Um, as a child, I would say Chucky because I was terrified after watching it that my, um, you know, stuffed animals and dolls were going to come alive and kill me as a child. Have you so rewatched would... it as an adult, though? Yes, I have. And it's still, I think, because of those childhood nightmares that it still yeah. kind of irked me a little bit. But after seeing it as a, like, not a child, but, you know, like a nine-year-old or whatever, I would literally say goodnight to all my you know, stuffed animals and toys to make sure they wouldn't get me in my sleep. <laughs> you wanted to stay in their good books. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I figured, you know, bidding them a good night would, you know, save my life. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, Nightmare on Elm Street was the worst when I was a kid. I watched that when I was way too young, and, you know, the whole premise is you can't go to sleep or Freddie will get you, and I think there was a stretch when I was about eight years old, that I didn't sleep for four or five nights straight because I was terrified and I couldn't tell my parents because <laughs> they told me specifically not to watch it. And then I did. So I just lie there terrified in my bed thinking that right? this was it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And as a parent now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to let my kids watch horror movies. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.